All right, brothers, welcome back to another episode of Porn and the Gospel. I am your host, Spencer Sutton. I am glad to be back here with you. It's Sunday, September 19th. Man, we had a great day yesterday. It's busy. I was, uh, or we were, uh, six, seven hours in the car driving up to Nashville and back uh, to celebrate my brother-in-law's um, wedding. He had the wedding. They got married two weeks ago, and then we had a reception Anyway, it was, um, it's great. And now we're back here in Birmingham and man, I'm excited to, to share these things with you that I was, uh, reading from Hebrews and really we're going to talk about the three signs or the three indications that you will always struggle with porn. I want to, I also want to approach this in, um, a, uh, I just want to approach this as truthfully and as honestly and as directly as possible. Uh, and I, and I hope that if you're a follower of Christ and you're listening to this podcast that, uh, you know, you don't take offense to these things, but you use them to, to examine your life. Just like I, I'm using them to examine my life. Like, I'm not recording this podcast just for you. I'm recording this podcast just for me because I know how sinful I am. I know how easily I can drift away. And so I want to encourage you with the word, but when we do this, we have to look at the truth. We can't ignore the truth. And so with, with uh, the men that I have been helping with pornography addiction, these are, this, this is something that, you know, as I was reading Hebrews, I was like, wow, this is very, very true. It was true of me. And, and it's true of guys that I'm, that I, I speak with today. So let's dive in. I want to start here. We're going to look at Hebrews 5, 11 through 14 and kind of kick it off from there. That's going to be our primary text as we move into the three indications, the three signs that you'll always struggle with porn. Here we go. About this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So that's Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. So let's just look at this first before we get into the three points. When he says, verse 11, about this. So what is the this? Like what he says about this, we have much to say, but we can't do it. Like we, we've got to stop. I need to stop and tell you something. I can't keep going explaining what I was. Well, he was just talking about this incredible uh, picture of Christ as our great high priest and specifically in the order of Melchizedek. And so he says, we have much to explain or say about this. And, and he does, he comes back to this later in the book of Hebrews, but he, what he wants to do is just like say time out timeout. I have to address something. So this is where it gets real for these believers. All right. He has to stop and address their spiritual immaturity. And people don't like to be told this. Men don't like to be told this. 
but he has to stop and address their spiritual immaturity. And think about this. Jesus did this as well. And the first incident that, that popped in my mind was the woman at the well. And it may be, it may be something that you've never really noticed before in this story, but uh, we all know the story of the woman at the well. His disciples were in town. He was there with the woman and um, they had this incredible conversation. And what did she do? Like the disciples were coming back and they were really amazed that he was sitting there talking to this woman. Well, she left her jar and went into town and told everybody about Jesus and brought a ton of people back. And the interesting thing was, is that the disciples were just in town and it doesn't say that they brought anybody back to Christ yet. This woman did. And so the disciples came back and they were thinking mainly about earthly issues. And they said, it says verse John chapter four, 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him saying, rabbi eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you don't know anything about. So the disciples said to one another, has, has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and accomplish his work. Do you not say that there, that there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. So Jesus was saying, guys, you are focused on earthly things. But what I want you to do is I want you to open your eyes, like look up, stop looking down, look up. You were just in town among the very people that I desire to reach, that I desire to bring to salvation. And yet you just brought food like earthly food. But my will, the, fa the father's will is to bring many people, Jews, um, Gentiles, doesn't even matter to faith. And so Jesus was also doing this. We need to understand that the Hebrew writer is stopping in his tracks and saying, hold on, let me, I'm going to exhort you here. And this is the third time he's done this. He's already done it two other times. Hebrews 2, 1, he says, therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, the gospel, lest we drift away from it. And then in Hebrews 3, like in, in a section of passages, he is quoting from Psalm 95, but he says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. So he's saying, pay attention. Don't harden your hearts. And so here's the third exhortation. He stops. He says, time out. Before we go any deeper, I want to tell you the truth. I want to tell you the truth. And I will tell you, and, and this is why I, I wanted to start just with kind of a I don't know what you would call it. Just wanted to say, Hey guys, I hope you hope you receive this. Like, I want you to listen to this whole thing. I mean, some of you may shut this off, may turn it off because the truth, um, is not always pleasant. You know, I was thinking about, uh, just the church today, like churches are filled, like the churches that don't speak truth that are more about entertainment are packed. They're packed. Like you want to be a part of the body of Christ where the truth is presented week in and week out, but that's not enough. Like we have to be men who are seeking truth day in and day out. 
You know, when we don't desire this, it's, uh, it just reminds me, Acts 7, the stoning of Stephen. Well, like, what was Stephen doing to this crowd, this, this, these people, these religious leaders that he was talking to? He was telling them the truth. And guess what? They didn't want to hear it. As a matter of fact, in verse 57, it says, they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears. A lot of times that's what we want to do. We want to put our fingers in our ears to try to drown out the truth. All right, so let's get in. Here are three indications you'll always struggle with porn. Number one, number one from this passage, you are dull of hearing. So you may say, well, what does this mean? Well, it means you're not exposing your ears, your mind, and your heart to the truth. Now, two truths I'm talking about, all right? <clears throat> so you're not exposing your ears, your mind, your heart to the truth. There's two truths I have in mind. Number one is the truth of your current condition. The truth of your current condition. Now, I recorded a podcast earlier about this. Interestingly enough, it's the least downloaded podcast <laughs> so far. Well, I mean, people don't like to deal with the truth of their current condition because then they have to admit that there's an issue, that there's a problem. And what we really want as men, we really want this thing to just disappear. We just want it to go away. Like, God, take it away so that I don't have to deal with it. And then there's the truth of God's word. You've become dull of hearing. So when you're dull of hearing you're dull of dealing with the truth inside yourself and you're dull of, of taking in God's truth because God's truth truly like the word of God truly reveals your current condition. It's, it, it shines light where darkness usually is. So how do we avoid it? How do we neglect it? How do you neglect your condition? So when I'm talking about your dull of hearing, you're not exposing your ears to, uh, and the, to the truth of your current condition. How do we do this? Well, we never share it with anyone else. We never commit to being held accountable. Most of the men that I speak with who talk about accountability are not in an accountable relationship. They say it's something that they tried in the past, but just didn't work. And I get that. Like I had an accountability partner at one point and he, had, the, the two of us, all we did was come back and confess to each other how, you know, that we had looked at porn. Like there was, there was no, it wasn't an accountability partner. It was like two miserable people, um, moaning about this struggle. And there was no, there was, there was no pointing to the truth. We just like accepted each other. And I'm not saying that accepting each other is bad. It wasn't bad. Right. If you never share it with someone else and commit to being held accountable, are you really dealing with the truth of your condition? Instead, we say that we're walking in the light and we say that we have fellowship with God, yet we're walking in darkness. And guess what that means? We are liars. We're lying to ourselves. We're lying to our families and we're trying to lie to God, but it doesn't work. 
And if you want to know what I'm talking about, go look at 1 John 1.6. If we say we are walking in the light and have fellowship with him, yet are walking in darkness, we're lying. That's what it says. And you become dull. How else do you become dull? You become dull by neglecting the study of God's word. I'm not talking about devotional reading, but I'm talking about study. This is prayerful contemplation of God's truth. And I love this in Acts 17. Um, Paul and Silas were, were kicked out of, um, I want to say Thessalonica. Is that right? Like, anyway, um, but in verse in chapter 17, verse 10, it says, the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now, the, these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Yep. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. And what I had just mentioned earlier in, in chapter 17 is that, that Paul and Silas were here and, and the people got so mad and they, they were throwing them out of the city. They were accusing them before the leadership of the city because they like, hey, these men who have turned the world upside down. And how did they turn the world upside down with the truth of God's word, with the Holy Spirit, and with prayer? And so I love this, the, these Jews here at, at Berea. They accepted the word with eagerness, and they examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. They wanted the truth. They desired the truth. And if that meant that they were wrong, then they were eagerly searching to find out if that's, if that's what it was. So are you examining the word of God daily? What books do you read? Like if you pulled up your Kindle or whatever device you read on or looked in your library or what if this 2021 September, what books have you read this year? What shows do you watch? How much time on social media do you spend? Like we, we become dull when we don't give our attention and pay attention and earnestly give ourselves to God's word. In a recent study, eight, only 18% of professing believers say they read their Bible every day. 18%. John Blanchard said this, he said this, surely we have, we only have to be realistic and honest with ourselves to know how regularly we need to turn to the Bible. How often do we face problems, temptation, and pressure every single day? Then how often do we need instruction, guidance, and greater encouragement every day? To catch all these felt needs up into an even greater issue, how often do we need to see God's face, hear his voice, feel his touch, know his power? The answer to all these questions is the same every day. Dwight Moody said this. He said, a man can no more take in a supply of grace for the future than he can eat enough for the next six months or take sufficient air into his lungs at one time to sustain life for a week, we must draw upon God's boundless storehouse of grace from day to day as we need it. Guys, I, I want to say we, 
we must be addicted to God's word. Habits, patterns become habits, and habits become addictions. Are you earnestly seeking to sharpen your mind through the word of God? Because if you're not sharpening it, then it is growing duller and duller, and you're going to be dull of hearing. The second sign, so that's number one, second sign that you'll always struggle with porn is that you're focused on yourself and your own problems, building your own kingdom, and you cannot and do not, like it's not only you cannot, you do not equip and help others in the matters of faith, in any matters of faith. Look at what the Hebrew writer said. He said, by this time, you ought to be teachers. Like you become dull of hearing, you're consumed with yourself, you're in danger of falling away. I've already told you, like, we need to exhort each other. We need to encourage each other. But, but brothers, I, time out. I have to treat, treat you as children because you ought to be teachers, but you're not. And I want to I tell you guys, like, you need to understand the purpose for your life is to make more disciples of Christ. This is not to be delegated to your pastor, to your deacons, or to somebody else. While you come looking to be entertained and bicker about, well, what translation is used in church or what style the worship music is, that is a sign of immaturity. You can't make a reproducing disciple of Christ watching more hours of football a week than you do, than you like spend in contemplation and meditation on God's word. I think it's impossible. You know, I'll, I'll never forget. I was, you know, and, and listen, <laughs> this is goes for me too, because guess what? I love to watch football. I enjoy it. I love to watch movies. I try to get my daughter She's 16. I was like, hey, skip the football, your high school football game and watch a movie with me. She said, hard pass, dad. <laughs> so, so, but, but I do like, I, I enjoy those things. Like I am not a monk who sits around and reads his Bible. And guess what? I have a job. Like I work hard every single week. I train my body. I work out. I spend time with my family with my wife, with my kids. But that's not the purpose of my life. The purpose of my life is to make disciples. I mean, think about this. I mean, the Great Commission, what does the Great Commission say? It says, make disciples. The only imperative verb in the Great Commission is make disciples. You're, you're going to do it by going by teaching, by baptizing, all those things are great, but it's making disciples. Jesus told Adam and Eve in the garden, be fruitful and multiply. Why did he want them to be fruitful and multiply? So that the earth would be filled with image bearers, his image bearers, people who reflected his image. And now we as believers, followers of Christ, men, we're called to do that as well with our family first, and then with others that God gives us along the way. So can you sit down and with a brother, can you teach him the word? 
can you teach him the word? Ask yourself that question. Answer the question. And this is this is part of the the this is a part that is telling the truth. Like you have to deal with the truth of your current condition. Galatians, I love this passage in Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, which this is caught up in, like in other words, habitual sin, not if you catch your brother doing one thing wrong. That's not what this means. Brothers, if anyone is caught up in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him with a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. My question is, can you bear your brother's burden? Can you restore him with a spirit of gentleness? Well, it says, he qualifies it. He says that you who are spiritual, what does that mean? You who are filled with the spirit. How are you filled with the Spirit? You're filled with the Spirit through a, through a humble commitment to God's Word and praying for the Spirit to lead you and guide you in all truth. So can you sit down with a brother and teach him the Word and help him? Because there are brothers that you know, friends that you know. Even though you think you're alone, there are friends that you know who are struggling with this very issue. And if we are not going to equip the church, if we're not going to equip the church, if you're not going to be equipped to help brothers with the same struggle that you've been through, then who in the world is? Somebody who, who has never struggled with pornography. And I'm not saying you have to struggle with pornography to help people out of pornography, but man alive. People will open up to me differently than they'll open up with someone else once they learn my story. Just because I'm, I'm like, man, I'm just like you, man, unbelievable. What God, what God has freed me from. And so I want to help you do it. And I want to point you the way, like, I want to show you the way I want to show you the way that God showed me. Second Timothy 2, 2, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. This is Timothy. I mean, this is Paul's last letter that he wrote to Timothy. And he was like, Timothy, make disciples who will make disciples. So a sign that you will always struggle with porn is that not only you're dull of hearing, but that, but you can't teach the word with integrity to your brother. Now I want to be careful here because for years I taught the word in Sunday school class and we called it RBFs, relational Bible fellowships. And then in small groups, we had many names, but it was a great group. I love the people. Like we often think back, uh, me and my friends often think back to that group with great fondness. Like we love that group. It was a very, uh, just a great time. And so I was teaching But, but man, I, like, I couldn't, with integrity, teach on sexual purity. I couldn't, with integrity, help a brother who was struggling with the same thing. And so the Hebrew writer says, you, you've got to be taught again and again, like the basic principles, like the basics of the gospel. And we need to move on from that. Because we don't want to be infants. We don't want to be babies. We don't want to drink milk the rest of our life. 
Brothers, God's will for your life is transformation, growth, maturity for the purpose of training and helping others mature. Like my desire, like this is, this is just my desire. <laughs> Doesn't have to be your desire, but my desire is like, I want to see an army of brothers going to war to help train others to go to war. You ought to be teachers. The third sign or indication that you will always struggle with porn is that you're not able to discern truth from lies. Now, this is a tricky one because how do you know? <laughs> how do you know? Well, you know from the word of God. He says this, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have had their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Like, I want you to picture a child, a baby, like sitting upright. How difficult is it to push that baby off balance? Right. So I, I just am thinking about my son and my daughter when they were little, little toddlers, little babies and sitting them on the bed and gooping off with them. And just like you just touch them and they fall over. That's what you're like. You believe lies before you believe the truth. You can't discern one from the other. The babies have little to no ability to sit or to stand on their own. It takes months and months of what? Of practice just to get them to walk on their own. And then, even then, they don't have the best balance. And so they have to continue to mature, continue to mature. Also think about kids. As they're growing up, they'll believe anything you tell them. Santa Claus is real. Tooth fairy is real. They'll believe anything you tell them. And a lot of Christian men are still like this. They're still like infants. They're still like babies. They're still like toddlers. Paul said the same thing, 1 Corinthians 3. But I, brothers, I couldn't address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you weren't ready for it. And even now you're not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? Or you might as well have said, are you not of the flesh and behaving only like a little baby? Let me ask you this question. How committed, how committed to deceiving you do you believe our enemy is? How committed do you think he is? Do you think he takes any days off? No. Do you think he rests? No. So then ask yourself this, how committed am I to training in righteousness for the purpose of war against his lies? If you don't know the word, if you haven't stored it deep in your heart, how are you going to go to war? And you may ask, well, what, Spencer, what lies am I believing? What lies am I believing that you think I can't distinguish truth from? Like, I've been raised in church. I went to church. Hey, man, so was I. I was raised in church. I was saved 20 years ago. Still struggled. 
still struggle. So what that meant was when I was still struggling with pornography, what did that mean? Something was missing. The fruit of my life indicated that something was missing. Now, does that mean that my life was a complete wreck? No, and that's the danger. I mean, listen, Lord, in his grace and his mercy still worked in my life. Like when we started Never Thirst in 2008, this was all by God's grace. And I have proof, like I could tell you story after story after story of what God did through that ministry, in that ministry, how he provided for that ministry, and by his grace and his mercy and his power, it is still going very, very, very strong today. And I praise God for that. Despite my weaknesses, despite my sin. So what happens is we fool ourselves because we may excel in one area while we're really struggling in many others. All Satan needs to do is get you to believe some lies. So what lies am I believing, Spencer? Well, here are some of the, some very common ones that I told myself or I heard other men have said, because I asked them this question, like when I'm teaching and coaching men in this category, man, we are digging deep into these lies because we have to take them captive, make them obedient to Christ. And you can't do that unless you know the mind of Christ, which is only found in the word of God. Here are the lies. Sex is my most important need. Here's another one. Well, my wife and my wife and I were having more sex. I wouldn't need to look at porn. Another one. Well, this is natural. Like it, I, if, if it builds up, I have to relieve myself. Or what about this one? It's not, it's not adultery. Like some people even have told themselves a lie. It's keeping me from adultery. Another one. If I told my wife she'd divorce me, she would leave me. Like I, I can tell you that is a lie that I've heard over and over and over and over again. And it keeps us in fear. So what do we do? We fear men rather than fear God. We say, God, I don't trust you. I don't believe you that you're always going to be with me. You're never going to forsake me. Yeah, I believe it in some areas. <laughs> I want to tell you, I believe it in some areas. But this one, you are not in control of. Another one, I, I can't tell anybody. What are they going to think of me? The list could go on. And this is a sign that you will always struggle with pornography. So what's the remedy? What is the remedy? So we talked about in a, in a different podcast, we talked about the remedy. Believing his word. Hebrews 6, 1 says, when he tells them all this here in, in, in chapter 5, he then says, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from, for penance from dead works and of faith towards God. Gentlemen. We must leave the elementary doctrines behind. If you're a follower of Christ and you have been justified by the blood of Jesus Christ, having put your faith in him to save you from your sins, then our aim, our goal in this life is to continue on to maturity, not staying a baby, 
not drinking milk only. We need to daily seek for, pray for, cry out for truth. And what is truth? (laughs) What is truth? Well, Jesus talks about this. He says in John chapter 17, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but I ask that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. I mean, Jesus right here is praying to God that that we would be kept from believing the enemy's lies, that we would be sanctified as we give ourselves to the truth, and the truth is his word. If you earnestly seek truth, you will find it. And that truth will shed light on your own heart. Remember what we read earlier in Hebrews, the word of God is living and active. Like it, it is absolutely going to uncover. It's going to cut into, it's going to slice open every motive, every intention of your heart. And this is good for us. Like I need this. I need this every single day because my heart and my heart is deceitful. (laughs) It wants to Uh, Tim Keller has said that the heart is an idol factory, and I found that to be true. It is constantly trying to manufacture praise for itself, praise for myself, pat myself on the back. Like, guys, if we don't earnestly seek truth, call out for truth, pray for truth, give give time and focus to the truth, we will remain trapped in the pit of porn for days decades, for decades, until one day you will stand before your creator with your head in your hands and you will cry out, I've wasted it. I've wasted it. How many of you, how many of you have been trapped in porn for decades? Raise your hand. So brothers, understand this. Your heart is the seat of your whole, of your soul. <laughs> whole, no. Your heart is the seat of your soul. Your heart, like what you believe and who you believe yourself to be, absolutely controls your actions. So that's your heart. But your mind is the gateway to your heart, which means what you give your attention to is what your heart will desire what you give your attention to. And so as I was leaving the pit of porn, I just, I I committed like whatever I was going to do, there was not going to be a day that goes by that I do not spend time seeking truth, calling out for truth, praying for truth, praying for God to open my eyes to see wonderful and beautiful things in his law, praying every morning that God would satisfy me, that I may rejoice in his steadfast love all of my days. Like truth or lies, truth or lies, which one are we going to believe? And God desires for you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that doesn't happen automatically, guys. We know what happens automatically. When we stop striving for making every effort 
we drift. Like just to stay, we have to, we have to work just to stay in the same spot, <laughs> like just to keep the, the undertow of the world's influence, the current of the world's influence from dragging us out to sea and drowning us just to stand still, just to stay in our same spot, much less to make progress, like much less to make progress. So question, are you committed to getting well? Like I tell men all of the time, and I've said it on this podcast, and I'll keep saying it, I don't care. Two things that you need is you need the ability to tell the truth ability to tell the truth and mainly to yourself. And that's only going to come by believing the truth of God's word. So you have to have the ability to tell the truth. And I will say this, not only just truth to yourself, you also have to tell truth to others, like of your condition, tell the truth. And number two, you have to have the willingness to commit, not give up, not give up. Um, I'm going to end with this. You know, I am actually training for a race. I may have mentioned it before a, it's a Spartan race. It's called the ultra it's 50 K with 60 obstacles. It is going to be brutal, right? So I have never run that far ever in my life. I've been in one race that was half that, um, length and my body fell apart. So, and that was a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, almost two years ago. So here I am. Race day is coming. It's at the end of October. This, there's a definite date ahead of me when I know I'm going to participate. Like I'm going to run the race and finish and cross the finish line. So what am I doing in the meantime? What do you think I'm doing in the meantime? Do you think I'm just eating whatever I want to eat? Do you think I'm not exercising, not working out? No, I'm training. I'm training every single day because I know the day is coming. Every single day I'm training. There are no days off and I'm doing things that I really don't want to do. And you know what? I'm doing them by myself. I do work out with a group of friends at Iron Tribe Fitness but I have to do more than that because I know what's coming. And so you, brother, there is a day coming where you will finish the race, where you will cross the finish line. How are you training today for that day? And guess what? During that race, there is going to be many, 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 many tests for me. Physically, yes but more importantly, mentally, mentally, it's a mental game. I was just working out yesterday morning in the garage because it's pouring down rain. So I couldn't go running and I just was grinding away and just thinking, man, this is horrible. (laughs) Like it was horrible self-talk, but I sat there and as I was doing it, I was like, this has to be done. This has to be done. But do you know what the difference is between the physical life and the spiritual life? Like, I'm going to enjoy this. Like, I'm going to enjoy this journey of training and training and training. And then that day, 
which is why I think it's important to have targets across all of your domains, like have targets, something you're aiming for. But what's more important than spiritual life? What is more important than eternity? And what I have come to find out is that the daily grind of getting up and getting in the word and, and reading and studying and, and shaping and forming and transforming my mind, it's joy. Like we're digging for gold and finding gold every single day we have that opportunity. And so what happens is we, we receive joy in that. And then we start to go, man, you know what? I, I'm got all this joy. Like every morning I'm filling myself with joy and you know what I'm desiring less. Yeah, that's right. I'm desiring the, the fleeting pleasures of pornography. Like this, chemical high that lifts me up and tells me how good it is and then throws me down like chunks me down into this pit of porn where I am in shame and in guilt and I can't be effective I can't teach I can't lead you can I mean you can teach but you're a fraud right you can teach the word and teach your children, but without integrity. Step one is you learn it. Step two is you live it. And then step three is you lead it. Don't get those out of order. You can't go from learning to leading. You have to go from learning to living and then to leading. Like I created a natural porn killer. I didn't create it in 2016 or 15. This was after a year and a half of walking in purity and only because like, this is what I knew God wanted me to do. <laughs> Not because I like exposing what a failure I am or have been to the world. And that's what I've had to do. So guys, three signs, three indications that you'll always struggle with porn is number one, you're dull of hearing. Number two, you're focused on yourself and your own problems, and you are not teaching other brothers and equipping other brothers. And then number three is that you're not able to discern the truth from lies. So I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you, like, like go to war with yourself first. It's, it's this war of these lies that you're believing, go to war with yourself, commit to daily, the daily habit, the daily practice of reading and studying your word and praying through it. That habit will turn into an addiction. I promise you, if you come with a humble and contrite heart, I think I probably read this before, but I'm going to pull it up again because I love it so much. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What is the house that you would build for me? And what is this place of my rest? In other words, God's saying, look at the universe. Like all of this is mine. I created it. And you think earth is significant? It's my footstool. What are you going to build me? Like what temple are you going to build that you think it's good enough? <laughs> everything I've, Everything you see is mine.
He says, all these things my hands have made, and so all these things came to be through his word, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look. Now, men, listen to this. If you want God to move in your life, if you want God to use you for his glory, every man I talk to talks about purpose, like purpose. What is my purpose? I, porn is keeping me from my purpose. Listen, every man of God does have a purpose, but this is the one to whom God looks. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and does what? Trembles at my word. Trembles at my word. Brothers. Man, I'm praying for you. So I'm going to close with a prayer. I want to close this podcast with a prayer because I know that there are men who are listening who have been playing games with God's word. You have been more concerned with everything else except God's word. You have delegated that to your pastor. And many of you have delegated it to your wife. Your wife is the spiritual leader of your household. And you wonder why you struggle. Guys, wake up. I pray that, that you would wake up, that you would weaponize yourself with the word of God and that you would go to war. Like those three W's, those three W's, wake up, weaponize, and go to war. All right, brothers, let's pray. Lord, God, I praise you for your word. I praise you, Father, for the men who are listening. I don't know who they are. I don't even know where they are. I just praise you for them. Because every man who is a child of yours, God, you are also, you also desire to equip them for war, to be disciple makers. God, may the truth of your word penetrate our hard and dull hearts. Like, may we lift up our eyes and see that the harvest is ripe and Look where you are working, Father. Would you equip us with your word to be able to bear one another's burdens, to restore our brothers gently? Lord, I pray that you would raise up an army of men who passionately desires to see other men come out of this pit. God, raise up thousands and thousands and thousands of men for your glory, for your name's sake, Father. Do not let... Do not let the lies of our enemy keep us in bondage and keep us from freedom. I pray that your spirit would work as we, as we give ourselves to your word, as we open the word, change us, transform us, transform the way we think. May it transform the way we walk. Use us, God. I don't know. We don't know how many days we have, Lord. Let us know how fleeting our life is. Teach us to number our days so that we can get a heart of wisdom, so that we don't waste another day. God, we all admit, everyone who has struggled with pornography, who's listening to this podcast, we admit we've wasted decades and not been faithful to you. But God, you can turn that all around. You can make us more than conquerors. You can take what Satan meant to use to destroy us, and you can use it for your honor and your glory to see other men come to faith in Christ, to come to faith, saving faith, really saving faith, and then to walk in purity so they can make disciples in their own family first, own household first. 
Lord, we love you. We praise you. We know that we know that when we pray things like this, like they're according to your word and you promise us that you will give us the things that we pray according to your word. So may it be so. Allow us to see it happen. Allow us to see the fruit and be encouraged and have more faith in you that you work, that you're powerful. Pray all these things in Christ's name. All right, guys, that is it. Man, I hope and pray that you're encouraged. I'm encouraged by teaching you. Listen, we are co-learners together. As I'm studying the word and putting this together, man, I am learning I, I, I don't presume to know it all, but what I do want to do is encourage you with the word of God. It's not Spencer's opinion. It's, it is some of my own experience, but definitely I want to point you to Christ over and over and over and over again. I don't want you, I don't want to point you to me. I don't want to point you to natural porn killer. I want to point you to Christ over and over and over. So brothers, if you have been encouraged, share this with somebody. It may be, it may be the person you share it with, they may not tell you that they're struggling with porn, but you know what? They may know people who are, they may know who people who are. So share it with your pastor, share it with, you know, I think pastors of people who, who are confided in, I would imagine that pastors are confided in the most. If you're a pastor listening to this and you're struggling with pornography, reach out to me, man, I would love to talk to you. But men, share it with your pastor, share it with elder, share it with whoever, um, again, who people who need to be encouraged and need to, to believe that there is hope apart from pornography, because there is. Share it, and I would appreciate it if you would leave a review um, on Apple iTunes, I think. I don't know where else you leave reviews, but I know that Apple iTunes allows you to leave stars. And if you are brave enough to leave a comment, I would love to see that. Um, it helps other men when they're looking at these podcasts to, to know which ones to listen to and to trust. And I'm not saying this is the only one, but uh, I'd love for you to share it. All right, guys, I will see you next week and I may see you before next week. Who knows? But uh, I'll be back and I won't see you actually, but we'll, we'll get together on your uh, listening device, whatever you're listening to. All right, guys, y'all have a great week. Talk to you soon.